On tonight's episode, we watched a movie about a robot cop. Robocop. <laughs> Two. Dan, Dan, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Flop House. I'm Dan McCoy. <laughs> hey, Dan McCoy. I'm Stuart Wellington. Hey, Dan and Stuart. I'm Elliot Kalen, and I'm worried about Dan. <laughs> What's with all the chuck- chuckly chuckles? chuckles? <laughs> Just, you know, Dan, were you in a coma before the episode started? Well, look, let's get this out on the table Right from the start. <laughs> Dan, maybe, it all maybe you should summarize the movie tonight. What did? What do you think um, it was about? It was about a guy who became a RoboCop. <laughs> That's pretty and accurate. Then, and then nothing happened for for about an hour <laughs> because I was asleep. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Tonight, Dan found the movie literally snorifying. Mm-hmm. Like, let's be clear about this. I have had a cold... For the past five days, and but given a choice between watching RoboCop and staying awake, catching up on your sleep, yeah, and falling asleep, my body chose to shut down. <laughs> sure, much like You're, RoboCop was shut down by his evil master. Power yeah. down. Did you do like a fluid cleanse, like a robo, a robot cop did? <laughs> Look, wait, RoboCop was RoboCop. He was has just, a name, Elliot. <laughs> That name is Murphy. He was just juice cleansing the whole time? (laughs) Look, I was awake long enough to know that the point is that there's a point at which the programming takes over, and the man thinks he's in charge, but he's not anymore, and that was what happened to me tonight. I thought that I was in charge of my body and said, hey, body, stay awake so we can do a podcast. Watch watch what's happening. And then the sleep center of your brain said, sorry, sleepyhead, we're going to Dreamstown. (laughs) Omnicore. One ticket to Slumberland for you. I'm issuing it right now. OCP demands that you power down. Mm-hmm. So, so this will be a fun journey of surprise. <laughs> yeah. As Dan watches RoboCop for the first time Through all the over again. Through eyes of an innocent child named Elliot <laughs> From out of the mouths of babes. Yeah. So. So, so let's, so just to be clear. The movie where we watched tonight was the remake of RoboCop, okay. which we had all been eagerly awaiting. So uh, we, and we Dan fell it. asleep about 30 minutes in. Yeah, and I think I was the one enjoying it the most out of the three of us at the point that I fell asleep. So, and so yeah. what's interesting is that... You must have worn yourself out. Yeah. It meant, yeah he With was, your cheering, was cheering and clapping. For Murphy. <laughs> he, was so, he was so excited that his body couldn't handle it anymore, and it shut down into a hibernation phase. Yeah. <laughs> now, but we saw the movie as it was meant to be seen by the filmmakers, <laughs> with a snoring man on a couch next to us. <laughs> Look, I have a... I have a tendency to snore. I correct. I had surgery to correct a deviated septum because of this. Uh, yeah. But well, it didn't work. It didn't work. <laughs> well, when Your I'm all stuffed up, back. <laughs> when I'm all stuffed up, you overrode uh, your I'm just uh, programming. Saying, I wish I could paint a word picture for you of what Dan looked like sleeping, but I don't have to. Check out Stewart's Twitter feed, where you will see Wait, exactly hold that. Hold on, I'm just getting alerted to this right now. Let me, similar to similar to RoboCop talking. Ellie and I had out. a scrolling text in our oh vision boy. stream called Twitter. Oh, yeah. Twitter is the RoboCop on your phone. <laughs> 
Let me just look at this. Filled with criminals. Yep, and uh, and Murphys. <laughs> you keep talking. And so uh, the so one thing I, I want to point out before we get into the, the into meat the of this uh, In, RoboCop Because there's not much meat left. He's no. mostly robot now. <laughs> Is we we've watched a, a handful of remakes for the show. Yeah, and this is probably I don't know about you guys, but of all the remakes we've watched, this is a remake of the movie I've liked the most. You liked the original the most. I like the original RoboCop. The, like I have the most. Uh, I'm I'm bringing the most baggage. Oh, into it's a this fantastic remake. movie. Yeah, it's. I mean, I think all of us have a fondness in our heart for RoboCop. even more than like we'd watch. Total Recall, which I love, but not as much as RoboCop. And Total Recall, the original is like okay, as far as I'm concerned. But RoboCop is a genuinely great. Well, don't undersell like, the original Total Recall. I mean, it's awesome. It's okay. Okay, but look, we're not here to relitigate Total Recall. <laughs> we're here to talk about Cop of a Bot. I gotta say, I look, Cop and a Rogue. I look very peaceful in this photo. <laughs> exactly. I'm probably the happiest of the three. Yeah, you're of us. a little angel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so lifelike. I don't I know what the mortician dying. did, but you oh, look just like you're sleeping. Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's what, what it sounded, sounded like. like every time there was a feather on your mouth, <laughs> and every time you breathed out and snored, the you feather would lift up and then my... <laughs> and then descend down. Yeah. The weird part was when that little circus mouse started whispering <laughs> ideas into your ear. <laughs> Yeah, I was telling me to kill. <laughs> Whoa, Classic Inception move. Um, yeah, mice always incepting people to kill. So anyway, Robot Cop. This is a movie we all have not just fondness for the original. I think it's fair to say we all love the original. Sure. Yeah. I certainly do. Uh, and so, we so were we're going, not going to be able to separate it. No, we were going into this. We're we're only with a big, humans. A big strike. Not against a this bit movie. of us are robots. Well, as far as we know. Oh yeah. Bring an Omnicore employee in here. See if I can shoot <laughs> him or do not. A scanner. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Just scan him up. Scan him down. Scan him all around. Everybody's scanning these days. <laughs> scanning USA. <laughs> if everybody had a scanner and like a visor thing that came down on their head when. They were shooting creeps. Mm. <laughs> We'd all be RoboCops wow. doing Robo stuff. Uh, How long is this song? Fighting crime, crime, crime till her daddy takes her T-bird away. Oh, wow. It's a real turn. Oh, wow. That was the twist ending. Was, is there, was a daddy the RoboCop? It was a different song the whole time. It's like an M. Night Shyamalan song. <laughs> he should do that. M. Night Shyamalan should do an album of cover songs where the song in the last verse, it's revealed it's a different song. I was. I like it. Yeah. It was it's weird. Kind of, it's weird. Meta. Would it like be a whole concept album? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The concept okay. album is M Night Shyamalan twist songs, but the real he's and the song the twist turns out to be uh, like what? What land of hand jo- born to hand jive turns into born a different dance hand song. Job. Yeah, born to hand jive. <laughs> the land About of the hand jobs was the best hand job or. In town. I think that's. I think it's that song's a, by Too Short. It's, it's Softest a, hands. It's called a hand jobologist. <laughs> it's the, Anyway, that song is by Weird L. Kalankovich. Okay, works. Anyway, RoboCop. Is that what we're talking about? The movie yeah, yeah. Dan we're slept through? We're trying to, yeah. Uh, Sleepy Cop over here keeps to di- <laughs> uh, <laughs> Robo snore over here. Uh-oh. What's your name, son? <laughs> it's the last the last couple lines of, Murphy of Robo bed. Sleep. <laughs> all, all, half man, half machine, all sleepy. Mm-hmm. He uh, hides in the wall until you need him. Perfect. <laughs> nice swinging out of the wall <laughs> when I needed to go to bed, son. What's your name? Murphy Bed. <laughs> so RoboCop. It's late. We're tired. Let's talk about the movie. So it's the future. Smash Cut. I mean, movie I'm, I opens feel arrested with Samuel. and alert. 
Yep. <laughs> it's, Close it's, up on Samuel L. Jackson's back head. We start with Samuel L. Jackson playing a Bill O'Reilly character, hosting a loudmouth political talk show, because it's the future, and in the future, even black men can be curmudgeonly old white men. Yep. So Samuel L. Jackson plays a character named uh, Pat Novak. <laughs> <laughs> she's like Something like Pat Sajak it's yeah. like Pat they were like uh, we want to do a, it was like the character was originally named like Phil O'Reilly and they're mm. like you know what that's a little too on the nose we'll call him Pat Novak instead Patty O'Shenanigans <laughs> <laughs> shenanigans like, that happen out on the patio. There's like a <laughs> patio shenanigans, <laughs> like uh, I don't know what. They're basically yeah. normal shenanigans yeah, just like outside. A, yeah, a fight with lawn darts. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's not shenanigans. That's violent. That, <laughs> yeah. could, be, that could hurt you. So if I if I got taken to jail, I wouldn't get booked for shenanigans. <laughs> no, you wouldn't be found with tomfoolery one. Yeah, Stuart, I don't know how to tell you this, but shenanigans. Isn't a legal definition designation? It's not. It's not felony, misdemeanor, and then shenanigans. You've been found guilty of tomfoolery in the first degree. Just goofing. <laughs> Can I plea bargain to down to a lesser charge of just goofing? I'll allow it. Squeak, squeak. The judge has a squeaky mallet because he's a clown. Oh, yeah, okay. The honorable judge clown presiding. Oh, okay, that's yeah. pretty. That's pretty on the nose. Giant on the nose, rubber yeah. nose. Yeah. <laughs> Robocop. Anyway, so Robocop. It's the future. Bill O'Reilly. Oh, sorry. Samuel Jackson is a Bill O'Reilly type host, and he's talking about how America's full of crime. Do we ever see this in the movie? Not really. No. But America's full of crime because while we're allowed to use robots overseas for our military fighting, we're not allowed to use them at home because of this stupid amendment that some dumb uh, senator put through. Probably yeah. a liberal. A Pee Wee Herman sort. Yeah, he, he's got a bow tie. Uh, and they take us to Tehran, where I guess America has invaded Iran in the time between now and the RoboCop time, where a bunch of Ed 209s and a bunch of C-3PO's yeah. with guns under the command of Jackie Earl Haley, wearing mm-hmm. like an exosuit, yep. uh, get into mm-hmm. a fight with a bunch of terrorist bombers and end up killing a kid holding a knife. And this is taken as a huge success by Samuel Jackson, like, hey, everything worked out okay. We got to bring more of these robots over here. And we need to bring over more products of our – the big American hero, Omnicore CEO, Raymond Sellers, played by Michael Keaton. Mm-hmm. And his top scientist, Dr. Dennett Norton, played by Gary Oldman, uh, in the fakest name in a movie <laughs> since Dex Dogtective. <laughs> but the Since Dennett, as far as I know, is not a name. Since Cam Gaganja. <laughs> and that's his real name. <laughs> the satirical point of the movie, such as it is, has been made at this point. Yes. That All is. the satire is basically packed into the first 10 minutes, and then it gets recycled over and over again throughout the film, yeah. like the chorus of a beautiful song. Mm-hmm. And you, you had pointed out early on that it, it felt more on the nose because, unlike uh, compared to the original RoboCop, because that, that movie uses, in addition, it's, ob- it's, it's very obvious, but it's also funnier. Like the satire in the original RoboCop is sledgehammer satire, it is not subtle. It's not elegant, but the jokes are really funny. And, like, the fake commercials are really funny. Everything is, like, over the top in a really funny way. Whereas here, it's satirical, but it's not funny. Like, in the whole Samuel L. Jackson thing, there's no actual jokes. He's just doing this kind of, like, slightly exaggerated impression of that type of person. But there's no jokes or funny lines or anything like that. It's, like, a little bit like certain scenes in Dr. Strangelove where you're, like, 
I'm watching a satire, but there's like nothing funny in the scene yeah, I'm it's watching like right now. Night. Except not as good as Doctor Strange. Yeah, it's like, well, sports night is a, sports night is a sitcom with no jokes. It's not a satire. It's not a they satire were, of sports. I don't think so. And what's interesting about this movie? You mentioned we've seen a lot of remakes. This movie includes a couple different Flophouse alums: My Gary Oldman, yeah. who was in a couple other. He's ones. in like five movies we've watched. Abby right? Cornish, which I think this was the third movie she was in we'd seen, and uh, not having been in a previous movie watch, I think was Jennifer Ely, who I'll just say, let me just bring it out here. I've seen on stage. So anyway, oh, the boy. play was Coast of Utopia, okay, and she was nude on stage in it. <laughs> All right, well, she, I'm listening. And, and she was really good. So anyway, uh, Tom Stoppard's Coast of Utopia, I saw it live on stage. Jennifer Ely was in it. No clothes. Back to RoboCop. She was in um, what the, that Xerodoc uh, 30, right? That was what she, she was like the pal in that? She was the friend in she that, She was the think, buddy. Yeah. She was really good in that movie. Who gets and then blowed she up? Got blowed, blowed up real good. Yeah, but of course by she'll R- RoboCop. She's yeah, yeah, yeah by, zero, by RoboCop thirty. I haven't seen it, so yeah. Well, get the sequel is going to be a RoboCop Zero Dark Thirty crossover. Oh, okay, it's called RoboCop Thirty. Okay, That's... can Robo, RoboCop's turning thirty? Yeah. Ah, his twenties are over. What's he going to do? <laughs> <laughs> RoboCop, and it's called This Is RoboCop Thirty. Yeah. Uh, and it's a Judd Apatow, Catherine Bigelow, Paul so Verhoeven like joint. Five hours long. It's five hours long. It's mostly improvised. Okay. And it's about, ah, he's turning 30, and all he has to show for it is that he's insanely wealthy and has a big house and a beautiful wife slash girlfriend. Ah, what's a RoboCop to do? Okay. So it's mainly him bullshitting with well, a bunch man, of other comedic actors. Success doesn't mean that you're happy. Come no, that's, on. well, in my case it does. All right, well, yeah, that's true. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Omnicore says, hey, Legally, we can't bring robots to the streets of the United States. We have to make some kind of mechanized human, and then we'll get around through this legal loophole. But we need the perfect candidate for the prototype. Enter Detroit Police Detective Alex Murphy and his partner, Omar, from The Wire. Okay. Uh, So Omar gets to be the RoboCop? Uh, no, although that would I mean, have been the charismatic awesome. one, so it seems like he would be the choice. Uh, yeah, but they went for the yeah. actor who is robotic even before he turns into a robot. He's taller and skinnier. He's taller and skinnier and whiter. Yeah, and uh, he lacks the charisma of Peter Weller. So let's just let that sink I, in. Like, shut your mouth, sir. <laughs> he could have played Vision, Elliot. <laughs> Buckaroo Wizard Magazine. <laughs> let me just tell you, the least charismatic character in Buckaroo Banzai is Buckaroo Banzai. <laughs> Is a thing you know who should have been? You know who should have been the hero of that movie? Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> I rest my case. <laughs> well, anyway, but the point is, I mean, there's really no reason Jeff Goldblum couldn't have played Buckaroo Banzai when it comes down to it. Yeah. Well, but I mean, other than contrasting eyes <laughs> that Peter Weller has, I'm just saying I don't soul. buy him as an astrophysicist, brain surgeon, rock star. <laughs> but you would have. Bought Jeff Goldblum. But you throw Jeffrey Goldblum in there, and yeah, I do. I bought him as a flyman and as a mathematician who knows things about dinosaurs. Why wouldn't I buy him as this? Didn't he also download a virus onto an alien starship in the movie? He did. That movie, The Big Chill. Anyway, this, this, this new robot cop, though, is played by Joel Kahneman, who people might remember from the terrible The Killing television show. Oh, I haven't seen that. Oh, okay. People I thought partner. you might remember him from these, the vast cinnamon fortune that he's heir to. <laughs> yeah. said cinnamon. It's actually pronounced cinnamon, yeah. Every time you say like a cinnamon bun, it's really yeah. a cinnamon bun. Yeah, every bun. time you go into your patisserie and you order the cinnamon <laughs> bun. Yeah. yeah, and he's, of course, the son of famed stand-up comedian Sam Kinnaman. <laughs> ah, ah! I'm glad you, you turned that down. Yeah, come on. I can't oh, just yes. scream right into the mic. I, I bark that's been shaved into a 
latte. Ah, that's his <laughs> famous. What? <laughs> Say what cinnamon is. Cinnamon. I'm sorry. Sam Cinnamon. <laughs> Sam Cinnamon. Play it again, Sam Cinnamon. <laughs> I'm a stick that grows somewhere. And the little I don't really know the details. Sam Cinnamon would have been a perfect food fight character. That's <laughs> true. What the fuck? That's true. <laughs> or the food fight line of action figures. <laughs> or even a, even a garbage pail kid. Sure. Come on, Art Spiegelman, where were you on this? Yeah. I'm going to listen to this podcast later on, and it's just going to be a fever dream. <laughs> yep, it is as, we li- as we're living it. Uh, so anyway, cinnamon, it's a thing that there, it's good when there's a little bit, but too much and doesn't taste good. Yeah. Moving on. Uh, so he, <laughs> it's similar to the original RoboCop. These two, co- except a little different, in that instead of these cops being on the trail of uh, Clarence Bedecker, the... Uh, yeah, Kerwood Smith. Kerwood Smith's classic villain. Uh, they're on the track of two corrupt cops working for Antoine Vallon, mm-hmm. a uh, arms dealer of some kind. Who like looks a like slightly a young... handsomer Brad Dorif meets Eric Stoltz. Yeah, he looks like a Brad Stoltz riff, but it's not. It's a different guy. It's an actor who's not related to either one of them. Yeah, like if Brad Dorif had never shaved his eyebrows off, so they never grew to be horrible monster worms. <laughs> <laughs> monster worms. Yeah, yeah like, that, the, like that caterpillar from Labyrinth that tells her to go the one way. You know way that, that story, Lair of the White Worm, that's about Brad Dourif's <laughs> eyebrows? Oh, wow. And that Tremors? That was about his <laughs> eyebrows are Tremors. Oh. They're like furry Tremors. Have you ever seen the NeverEnding Story? You know, the luck dragon? Fal- yeah, Falco. Falcor, that was one of Brad Dourif's eyebrows. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> it took a side job. Falco. <laughs> you sure. wrote that song. Yeah, when Falcor yeah, had Oster, that hit. Oster is Falco. Yeah. Rock me, I'm a Treyu. <laughs> Boom. Boom. Finally, the Falco never-ending story pun the world is asking for. So we're about 15 minutes into the movie. There's a very... I'm still awake at this point. There's a very... Don't worry, guys. A very boring... Dan will tell you when we get into the There Be Dragons section of the movie for him, where he doesn't know what it is. Uh, there's a very boring shootout between uh, Murphy and his partner and two other cops... Or two other just bad guys. they're undercover, I guess. They're undercover as possible gun buyers, and they set up a buy, but they get caught out, and Omar is shot and sent to the hospital. Murphy is okay, mm-hmm. until and he goes is, to his the house. The is like, Omar coming. <laughs> <laughs> On the gurney. <laughs> <laughs> the doctor's like, that doesn't help me. <laughs> <laughs> I asked you for a sponge. And a spreader. <laughs> yeah. Why are you whistling the farmer in the dell? Yeah. Uh, anyway, and the and the nurse is like, "Did you not watch the wire? You've got to watch it." And the doctor's like, "I'm tired of telling people telling me I've got to watch the wire." And spreader. I'm a busy doctor. I need to I clean time. off this plate and then spread apple butter all over a piece of bread. <laughs> Do you call a knife a spreader, doctor? Yeah, when you're spreading things with it. Anyway, stop telling me tell me about the wire. Wow. You're, you're racing through the cans tonight, Stuart. <laughs> anyway, uh, Murphy goes home to his wife and child. Always a mistake in these movies because it means you're about to die. Uh, he's going to make out a little bit, but do not take her top completely off. Her, his wife it takes off her shirt in preparation for sex, but his car alarm goes off. When he goes out to turn it off, uh-oh, car blows up. <laughs> car bomb. He is almost killed, but it turns out he's the perfect candidate for the RoboCop initiative. I do have to say the scene of him uh, being exploded by his car is shot 
very matter of factly, like instead of uh, doing any slow motion or like any other kind of camera tricks, the camera pulls back and you just see him tr- open the door for a second. Then the car blows up and he flies into the back. <laughs> it is almost hilariously deadpan <laughs> the way it's done. It's like uh, it's almost like a like a uh, a European or a Japanese movie in that they chose not to move the camera at all <laughs> I, in a movie that moves the camera all the time constantly. I mean, the way it's paced is like something out of a Steve Odekirk movie. <laughs> you expect like a thumb with a face on it, just talking talk about RoboCop. Anyway, uh, they start turning him into a RoboCop. He doesn't like it. He is aware through the whole process, but <laughs> aware slow- what? <laughs> a, a wear cop. He's the, during the full moon. He turns into a cop. Uh, he is. He's like, "What are you doing to me?" Ah! And so over time, uh, stop touching there. Over, yeah, um, kind of. Yeah, but, over over time, to make him less afraid and anxious as a human and a better RoboCop, they start taking away his brain and making it more computery. So he's already just a head and lungs and a hand, and now they're. Breaking down his brain and making him more computer program. Genuinely creepy and cool. There's a part where he says, "Take this stuff off of me," and Gary Oldman's like, "All right." And they remove all the robot parts, and he's just a head and lungs and a hand and And an exposed brain. Yeah, and it's a that's a genuinely like frightening and grotesque and interesting image. Yeah, there's a couple like let me get this straight about this movie. I didn't like it very much, but it has some neat ideas in it and neat moments. There's a shootout scene later that's almost entirely lit by just muzzle flare while RoboCop is walking through a room and you just see the red of his visor slit and this muzzle flare lighting people up and occasionally night vision goggle visions of what's going on. And that would have been a really neat way to do that scene. Like, mm-hmm. that, but... I mean, it wasn't paced particularly well. No, it was not an exciting scene. Like, none of the action scenes in this are... It's an, a nice idea. I'll say the only exciting action scene is this is later in the when he starts fighting ED-209s. Yeah. And that's more just because there's almost no way to make man versus giant robots not exciting. Come exactly. on. Oh, man, Mag- I miss that. Ex- the only way is Magnus Robot <laughs> Fighter, the comic book, never exciting. Oh, wow. Burn. Actually, that's not true. It had some fun. Burn, burn Fred Van Lente. <laughs> no, the old ones, I'm saying. The, gold, the old Gold Key comics. I want to point something out here, though. This is a significant deviation from the I like original RoboCop, sure. where uh, RoboCop doesn't know that he's Murphy because his memories have been... They try to erase his There's memories. There's that great sequence well, they where, he, him, yeah. where they keep bringing him to life to check him, and you just see it through his point of view and then putting him back to sleep. And by the time they ring him out, he's more robot than man. He doesn't. Yeah. He he doesn't know who he was. But hey, let's not let's not play we, the game of get, in the old RoboCop. Um, no, I'm just we could to build two episodes. I'm doing like an essay for eighth it's, grade. Well, it's similar to the idea <laughs> of like class. RoboCop studies. <laughs> well, it's similar to the idea that this movie begins. Uh, whereas the other movie begins like upping the stakes, showing how like horribly violent it can be making you totally scared of those criminals yeah, and totally scared of Ed 209 when it totally rips that dude up with its machine gun burst. Oh, man. Defining um, moment of my childhood when I saw it the first time. But this time. movie does not have any any of that. No. This movie, it's like they tell you at the beginning, there's too much crime, but they never really show you a city on the edge or a city with too much crime. It just kind of looks like a regular there's, city. There's, so you're two, a cop there's, on the edge there's like that. There's two, spoiler the alert, three cops. Madness. <laughs> there's three <laughs> bad cops in the in the Detroit Police Department. Otherwise, it seems like a normal city. Uh, but here's the thing. RoboCop, after he's been de-emotionalized and computered up to the point where he doesn't even recognize his own wife and child anymore, he's unveiled to the public, and he is an instant hit. 
and yeah. crime drops like a billion zillion percent as he just goes on the run. Because the public doesn't like personality, you know? <laughs> That's true. There's a reason that Mickey Mouse is worth a billion dollars more than Bugs Bunny, let me tell you. Anyway. <laughs> uh, Sobering. <laughs> but over time, Murphy begins to realize that something's up. He realizes that his wife, when she confronts him, that her emotions are anxious and unhappy and that his son is also showing anxiety. And he decides he's going to solve his last unsolved case, his own murder. What? He's a, he's a regular Boston brand dead man <laughs> solving the case of his own killing. Although, oops, sorry about that. Uh, what well, I do like the sequence where Robot Murphy is trying to identify. How much better would this movie even call it? That was Robot Murphy. <laughs> robot well, Murphy sounds like a sitcom about a lovable garbage man who's a robot. Sir, I think we can come up with a better name than Robot Murphy. I mean, the guy's a, a police officer. That seems like it's more important. No, 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 no. Uh, what's the name of the main character? Murphy. And I quote Shakespeare, <laughs> what's in a name? Actually, I mean, sir, with that, that uh, to, to deny that a name is important. <laughs> okay. Robot Murphy. <laughs> so Robot Murphy. I'm not Murphy. sold on the whole cop idea either. What about like a robot fish tank salesman? <laughs> like he works at a fish store. Eh? Mm? And here's the catch. The irony the is The band that- fish doesn't care for him. <laughs> What's the irony? The irony is that water normally is a robot's worst enemy. Now we're making a movie. The exactly, irony. See? The and- irony is his body's made of iron. Every- <laughs> <laughs> so he's super irony. So every every time he gestures towards a fish tank to sell it to a customer, you're like, uh-oh, is this the end of Robot Murphy? <laughs> Oh, good movie. Anyway. Oh no. So what I was saying is I like the I like the way that the uh that Robocop is trying to come to terms with his like the alienation of his wife and his son th- like by being a robot. By like, being by, a, by, the way a robot like, would. Yeah. yeah. He has to read in his programming that they're upset, you know. And there's and like that's another thing that that works kind of well until he starts investigating his own murder. Yes, which he, is terrible. He goes to his house and he watches the video footage cuz er, there's part of the thing at concept is that there's closed circuit TV cameras everywhere. He has four around his own house. So his de- his murder has been captured from four angles and he keeps watching it, but he never rewinds the tape to see who put a bomb in his car, which would seem <laughs> to be police work 101. Yeah. And Stuart you were saying like he should rewind back and it should turn out like the tape was deleted for some exactly. reason. And only a cop can do that or something. Because the arms dealer he's after is selling guns that were stolen from the police evidence locker. They shouldn't be on the streets. They shouldn't be in criminals' hands. Uh, he manages to— But instead he uses the, the, the footage from these closed-circuit cameras to create like a virtual 3D world that he— in his brain can wander around and analyze everything. Yeah. Which what? is totally, it's totally stupid. It's kind of like in Rocky Balboa when Rocky's happen? just walking yeah. through his memories. You guys can make up any bullshit right now. <laughs> well, then there's the part where RoboCop, he walks into that lesbian sex show. What? And mm-hmm. there's just the two girls oh. who are doing it, but then three more girls come in and do it. Yep. Yeah. And then Dan. What was Dan? What was that, what was that, that actress you really like a lot? <laughs> Um, that you have a big crush on who said she wouldn't do nude scenes? Yeah, that one. Well, yeah, she's in it. <laughs> sure. Uh-huh. And she is uh, sitting on the lap of Dabney Coldman. <laughs> wait, Dabney, wait, is that, is, that a, is that a snowman who started in Drexel's class? <laughs> he was a low-rent uh, Spider-Man villain. <laughs> Dabney Coldman. Why would it make the scene hotter for Dan if Dabney Coleman is there? <laughs> yeah, he's got a mustache. And he's semi-famous. 
I mean, he is famous. It's, yeah. He was in War Games. He was in Cloak and Dagger. Yeah. Yeah. How does, does it get more famous than that? <laughs> Can I recommend Cloak and Shorter. Dagger? <laughs> there's nothing. There's no law Short against time. it. <laughs> what else did they do that Dan would have liked? Uh, did I mention that? Talking Heads reunited in the movie? No. Yeah. Tina Weymouth and David Byrne said that would never happen. No, Robocop made them bury the hatchet. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. And then, uh, and then LCD sound system was there. Oh. And uh, who, what's another Are baby like? The torch? Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> to a new generation of a robot art rock? Yeah. Anyway, uh, so he's investigating his own murder. He tracks down the guns to, to the arms dealer, kills him. <laughs> He tracks After those doing guns. a little bit of old-fashioned police work. Yeah, it's a lot of it's a lot of leather sh- leather shoe gum shoe. It's really weird that in where they try to paint the picture of a futuristic society that's under constant observation, and yet RoboCop has to go like fall back on old school methods to track down this one dude. And yet they never take it all the way to Robo Colombo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one more thing, man. One more thing, Valentin. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Oh, beep boop. But one more, uh, thing, one more question. One more thing, creep. <laughs> so it looks like your penis got shot off. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's that Wait, the specific him? creep from the from the original RoboCop. He's questioning him about the shooting that he just did. <laughs> yeah, you shot me because I was trying to rape that woman. Oh, that, that makes, makes sense. sense. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. But uh, one more question. Uh, how did I shoot you so well that I shot through her dress without hurting her and you're, shot you? You're your a robot, sir. That makes sense. That makes sense. Beep boop. Uh, <laughs> Terrible detective. <laughs> so it's ironically, ironically, becoming a robot made him a worse detective. Yeah. Great shot. Terrible detective. <laughs> that's the that's the tagline. You've got the tagline for Robot Murphy. <laughs> Great shot, terrible detective. Anyway. He's just a robot Murphy bed salesman. <laughs> Wait, so he's a robot or the Murphy beds are robots? <laughs> no, he's a robot. He's just he's just selling, he's selling his Murphy brothers beds. into enslavement. <laughs> yeah. for, for, for organics. Oh, terrible. We'll behave. The, we'll behave. No, you won't. For the comfort of meat bags. I'm cursing you to spend half the time in the wall and half the time being la- laid on by... <laughs> I can't believe you sold me out to these flesh puppets. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, I'll snore on top of them. <laughs> sleepy Dan, sleepy, sleepy Dan. Anyway, also your favorite musical duo, <clears throat> Sleepy Dan. Sure, yeah. Donald Fagan's great in that, <laughs> or Donald Fagan, or Fagan from Oliver Twist. <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, he he tracks these guns down to the corrupt cops. He takes them down. He's about to take down the chief of police, but he is shut down by the Omnicore people. Uh oh, specifically by. Jackie Earl Havy, uh, Havy. Jackie Earl Haley as the military connection for Omnicore, who earlier was we skipped over it. He was training Robocop and taunting him a lot. And he wears yeah. uh, he wears that exoskeleton. Being a real Freddy Krueger, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> He's a real bad news bear. He's a real pedophile from Little Children. He's a real Rorschach. He's a real. He's come on, Dan. More Jackie. A Haley. real uh, the other guy from Hard Target. That's not <laughs> She McBride. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> it was on that TV show. Oh, not the movie Hard Target with no. Wilford Brimley? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I wish Wilford Brimley had been the action hero star of Hard Target. I mean, he's on. Isn't he, he riding like, that horse? He pulls, in the it, he pulls his the... head back and that blade passes by it and snips off part of his mustache. <laughs> I mean, that he, he taught Chance Boudreau all Chance Boudreau knows. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, 
Is that Gambit's real name? No, that's that's Jean-Claude Van Damme and Hard Target. That's his actual name. <laughs> I thought Jean-Claude Van Damme was Gambit. According to Wizard Magazine, circa 1995. Anyway, let's keep going. Um, meanwhile, uh, oh, I'm getting, you know, I'm, I'm starting to think They're that about, I, I slept through this they thing. Sh- they anyway, shut they, him down, they, and then they want to, like, eliminate him. The company something. decides if he starts going after corrupt politicians, Robocop, that is, he's going to reach all the corrupt politicians that we've had dealings with, because I guess Robocop is going to go nationwide and just become <clears> America's <throat> top Robocop. Uh, so they say, we're going to shut him down for good. He, we're gonna pre- we're gonna present it as a hero died trying to take down corruption. People are gonna love it. They'll give us more money to put more RoboCops in more towns. Omnicore wins. Hooray! Hooray! Uh, but Gary Oldman, who throughout the movie, let's let's just say, Stuart and I really liked this character for most of it because Gary Oldman was not outwardly evil the way that like Michael Keaton's character is as the head of Omnicore, and he's not a do-gooder noble guy because. He is slowly selling out his principles as he works on, on dehumanizing RoboCop. Yeah. He starts out wanting to help people who have lost limbs regain their abilities. He's given this opportunity to rebuild a whole man who would have died. Mm-hmm. And now over time, in order to appease his bosses who are paying the money, he has to be kind of like— so you're saying that he's becoming less human. Ah, uh, uh, he's becoming less human. Uh, Accountant yeah. to the stars, lesser human. <laughs> it's a shit job. <laughs> Uh, but his journey parallels the roboticness. If this was a better movie, I would have said that because unfortunately, Gary Oldman, who has had this kind of complex moral shading, mm-hmm. now just becomes a hero. And but the like, thing is, whoa, 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 we got to save from a Robocop. It, his performance deserves so much more credit since the person he uh, he acts opposite is Joel Cinnamon or whatever his fucking name is, <laughs> who is not, not but a Joel robot. Joel Cinnamon, <laughs> gay porn star. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's Gary Oldman isn't given a lot to work with here, but he does good stuff with it. Yeah. But at this point, he decides we got to save RoboCop. They bring RoboCop back to life, and RoboCop goes on a rampage to at the Omnicore headquarters. He fights a bunch of ED-209s in a pretty cool fight scene where he's like, Running underneath, he's high, he's standing underneath one ED two hundred nine while another's trying to shoot him. And on the ED two hundred nine's display, it says "trying to get a clear shot," <laughs> as if that ED two hundred nine is like, "I don't want to kill another one of me." That would be a friendly fire casualty, but then he just does anyway. Uh, Omar, who's back to good health, saves RoboCop by showing up and yeah, standing in front of him, turkey legs with, or whatever, <laughs> with no guns in his hand because ED two hundred nine can't shoot someone who's unarmed. Uh, uh. So in this just case, just like in the original, no, <laughs> no, in the original, quite the opposite, my friend. <laughs> uh, Robocop gets up. To, Robocop's wife and son are for some reason in the Omnicore headquarters. Like Michael Keaton is going to kidnap him or something. I don't know. And he he reaches him up to the top of the building where Michael Keaton's going to helicopter away to freedom. Uh, case closed. I guess <laughs> it's a real end of Die Hard type moment. And RoboCop tries to shoot him and Jackie Earl Haley, but uh-oh, they're red assets, and he's programmed not to be able to shoot them. Uh, what's he going to do? Turns out, shoot them anyway. Because no. <laughs> Michael Keaton overplays his hand, threatens RoboCop's family, and RoboCop gets so mad that his emotions, I guess, overload the system. Well, this was set up earlier in the movie, I remember, because I wasn't asleep. When there's there's, early in the movie, they say that when he, get, when he gets emotional, the programming... Yeah. Acts up, but that was before they removed like half his brain and put circuits in there. And also, that's a stupid thing to put in there. <laughs> yeah, just a stupid reasoning. 
and, and the reason he's able to shoot Michael Keaton is because Michael Keaton goes on this awesome long Michael monologue Keaton. where he's like threatening him, then he threatens his family, and he's like, you're just a robot. You Fuck can't you. shoot me, you're a robot. Blah, 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 Robots blah. Robots can't do anything. Your arm's moving like you can shoot me. I don't think that could happen. I think, well, you, now you're pulling a trigger. Like, you're going to shoot me or something? Yeah. Now a bullet's coming out of your gun. Like, you think it's going to hit me? <laughs> uh, the only way that that, that thing that could have saved that scene for me is he was like, I could kill your family right now and you can't do anything. You're just a robot. I made you. Checks his watch. How much longer until the helicopter gets here? Like another minute? All right. Okay, let's kill this time. Hey, man, you're just a robot. Like this monologue is because he's just killing time to waiting for the helicopter to come get him. Uh, anyway, in the end, Michael Keaton's dead. RoboCop, RoboCop is. Goes, this is for Jack Frost. Blammo. And then he says, and, just and, kidding. I, I love you, Michael Keaton. I'm glad you're having a comeback. Just kidding. <laughs> Beetlejuice was great. Glad sure. you're back on top. Birdman forever. Yeah. Which which multiplicity did he kill? <laughs> he, he killed the like really dumb one. Them, right? He kept yeah. calling him Doug. Yep, he killed, he killed the CG one, right? <laughs> They're all CG. No, cash grab. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh I see. I see. Uh, so... Murphy wins. What? <laughs> they were all CG, like they're George Lucas's hair. <laughs> George Lucas's hair is CG. It's CGI, right? Man, I missed a lot when I was asleep. <laughs> yeah, this was all in RoboCop. You're too busy dreaming of RoboCop, your movie about a RoboCop. He's half man, half robot. This is some of the stuff we came up with earlier. Played by in- Brendan Gleeson, I would imagine. <laughs> you would be a great the RoboCop. Robot of you would. I would pay so much money to see that. Um, you do a great job. I mean, like he's a fine actor. He, he is really a great actor. Yeah. That. He really, really, really makes you care for Robot Cop, mm-hmm. the man who's half man, half robot. Bad guy in that movie, Colm Meany. <laughs> Bugs Meany's dead. Just send me that check, please. <laughs> he just wants to sink all the robots. <laughs> anyway, he's an evil tugboat. Meanwhile, the Senate passes a law. That says that you can allow robots to just fight crime in the streets, but now that robots can be jocks now. <laughs> now that all the truth has come out about Omnicore because Gary Oldman's character testified before the Congress, Murphy's back on the force. The president vetoed that law, and uh, Samuel L. Jackson is not happy about it. And it ends with this kind of like satirical but not funny rant, and we're out. And I will say that uh, here's what I say. In, I'll say in the uh, in the favor of this movie. There were a couple of action scenes that were all right. It had some neat, good ideas to add to the RoboCop concept that didn't quite pan out. And while we were watching it, we came up with RoboCop and also the black exploitation <laughs> version of RoboCop, Blobocop. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a bad, bad movie from you in our final judgment. Well, I think it was, yeah, unfortunately a bad, bad movie. I, I had high hopes for it. Yeah, and I'm with you. Like, it almost feels like some of the ideas were genuinely great ideas that if they had managed to work them into the original RoboCop. Yeah, it would have been nice. What it, what it was missing, here's, I'll tell you what this movie was missing. The first RoboCop has in spades, Verve. There's like... Zazz? Zazz. Whatever you want to call it, energy. like the Personality. First, yeah, well, the first RoboCop is entirely, it is a movie with a lot of charisma and energy, and this movie had none of that, you know. It was a real listless kind of walking around robot. Almost all the performances are understated. Yeah. And whereas it kind of works for Gary Oldman's performance because he's Gary Oldman, but even Michael Keaton, he could ham it up a little bit more. I the, know he can. He's got movie, it in him. The only guy who hams it up is Samuel L. Jackson, and they didn't even write any jokes for him. But he like he barely hams it up. He, he has some ham in there. 
There's some bullshit in there. I I think you're underestimating his ability to ham it up. Did you see that one where he's like wearing that movie where he's wearing a kilt and he's got a weird little soul patch? Uh oh yeah yeah Highlander (laughs) formula something yes like a number formula something a number (laughs) oh yeah he's got a golf club yeah anyway I I give this movie five out of five stars (laughs) it's a great nap at the movies as I said. It was literally snorifying. For the first time, we watched a movie that you found literally snorifying. I don't don't recall that. Um, Um, This movie reminded me that the original RoboCop deserves a watching from me. Yeah, I want to watch it again. I mean, if they made this movie as a a loss leader to get me to watch RoboCop again, (laughs) then yes, it worked. I mean, this movie was a a hit. It made a lot of money, so Um, I guess we're in the wrong. mm -hmm. Let's move on to... uh, Uh, I want to make a few announcements before we get on to letters. A reminder that the uh, Flophouse is opening the uh, New York Podfest. You sound very excited about it. <laughs> on January 9th at the Bell Boom. House. January 9th, 2015, 10 p.m. at the Bell House. The Flophouse Live. The first ever live recorded episode of the podcast. Come see the Flophouse House. Have your laughs be immortalized forever in this podcasting history event. Just like Ozymandias. Okay. <laughs> His la- yeah, look upon my laughs, ye mighty, and despair. Um, Long after you have passed from this mortal coil, oh the boy. eerie sound of your ghostly laughter <laughs> at a joke about boobs or butts be will be recorded. on the winds of... Egypt will be spreading out through the ether of space for alien civilizations to discover. Awesome. <laughs> so that's a thing. Future historians um, will reconstruct you from your laughs. And uh, and perhaps your questions? Spoiler. I also um, wanted to plug uh, Slate Got in Touch about... Um, that's the website Slate. The website not the, Slate. Not the rock not the formation. Rock. Yeah, and not... Uh, Fred Flintstone's boss? Is that um, Mr. Slate? Is there a, there's got to be a Slate character. Yeah, in come on. Mr. Rockley or something. No, his name was Stone's Rockstone. <laughs> um, anyway. his name was, what is he, Italian? His name was Pebble Rock Boulder. Uh, before, before the January 9th show, um, I, out of the three of us, so not as good. But uh, still pretty good. But hey, you won't be sick or tired at the time, right? Yeah, I'm hoping. Jesus, if I'm still sick in December, shoot me. Jesus, uh, pull out a gun from your holster. (laughs) Shoot me dead. So, uh, no, there's a Slate is doing something at Videology in Williamsburg. Brooklyn. uh, At 6.30 p.m., which I I assume that's a doors open time to start at 7. But the details are fuzzy thus far. But uh, they do this show where there's video clips and people uh, talk about them, and it's hosted by Dana Stevens, Slate's film critic, who you probably know from the Slate Cultural Gab Fest if you listen to Slate. a lot of podcasts. Um, and uh, the last one was $10. I'm, I'm sure that this one will be comparable. $200, because what? they got a big celebrity <laughs> named Dan McCoy. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> But it'll be, about, Dan McCoy. <laughs> it'll be about holi- uh, holiday movies uh, is this topic. And that is on uh, December the 13th. <laughs> you okay, Dan? Dan, thought, how much cough syrup did you drink before we recorded? Yeah, I'm Robin right now. No, the, I, Robin cop. <laughs> Robin, <laughs> Robin cop about a policeman I thought who's I had written, a lot of Robitussin. I thought I had written the date down here. 
but I didn't. So I had to pull it out of my sleepy brain. Okay. That was what was going on. And before we move on to letters, uh, also I'd like to thank uh, Shannon for sending us these lovely t-shirts we're wearing right now. Are you talking about the queen of flop prom, Shannon Camp? Yeah, I am talking about that. She sent us some shirts from uh, Pizzeria DeVille. Are you reading my shirt? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's right there, man. Yeah, it's all a... I'm pulling a Marlon Brando. <laughs> my lines are on your shirt. Is that what the kids are calling it these days? Yeah. Pulling a Marlon Brando? Because mm-hmm. we used to just say masturbating. He's a real big man. He's a real big piece of meat. <laughs> um. <laughs> So. Is this the first podcast that a host will die during? <laughs> so that's the that's the thing. <laughs> Maybe one of us should have done the announcements. <laughs> so <laughs> podcast, that's have. the thing with Dan McCord. <laughs> so were we that things? We should go on to letters. Um, letters. What? Come on, it's going to be a tumbleweed ballad. <laughs> oh, letters. <laughs> pulling them out of a bag. <laughs> Elliot, why don't you grab a handful <laughs> letters? All right, well, thanks, guys. Um, On that lonesome letter trail, <laughs> roping cattle, reading letters to cattle. Dear cattle, here's a letter for you. It's lonesome out here, reading letters. Under the stars. yippee ki Letters. Get along, little letters. Letters. Okay. So. Get along, time letters. Do you have a? Do you have an Indian flute? Or so, an American uh, flute, I guess. <laughs> that song. I guess that it's done. Yeah. That song went along long enough that I'm going to skip over the first letter. Oh, come on, Dan. And move on to the. I think you're coughing. Slow this down. Yeah, come on. No, we're just running slow anyway. So let's go to this one. Dear Flop Guys, I'm a big shot executive from CBS. Oh, sweet. Please do not check my LinkedIn profiles. That is bad form and will upset the deal. I just want to let you guys know that everyone here at our television network, CBS, <laughs> loves what you're doing with the new media MP3 paradigm. As such, you are now all hired to make a children's variety television show titled The Flop House. Naturally, all three of you will be living in a wacky and a wild house with crazy animatronic characters and goofy hijinks. Anim- animatronic? What was that, Dan? <laughs> animatronic. <laughs> You'll each have your own bedroom and Rube Goldbergian breakfast machine of your own design, and maybe even a shed in the backyard to keep pets and family. Now, we're willing to give you guys a lot of free reign, but you're contractually obligated to do the following segments. Stu- snack time with Stuart. I don't think that's going to be a problem. <laughs> Stuart gets hungry and goes to the fridge. <laughs> fridge to meet his friend Wormy Boner, a worm who lives in an apple famous for his remarkable bone density. <laughs> Together, they prepare a healthy calcium-rich snack, brought to you by the Bone-In Sardines and Milk Trust of Canada. <laughs> the Ziggadrome with Elliot. I Elliot like uses his mad scientist technology to bring his favorite characters from the newspaper funnies to life. Using nothing but a 1970s-era Cray supercomputer, some leftover Popeye's bones placed in a pattern to divine which spirits are in the room. And an improvised song, watch as ink becomes flesh and newsprint becomes bone. Learn the true voice of Rose from Rose's Rose. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of my favorite comments. <laughs> <laughs> Become aware of Dilbert's attitudes on men's rights. Just kind of sit uncomfortably while the lockhorns bicker. The portal of time with Dan. 
Dan McCoy has a lot of great memories. Watch the ship's window next to Dan's favorite knee-friendly recliner spark and sputter to life as Dan describes movies he saw on the plane or something he saw on the History Channel that afternoon. I don't watch the History Channel. No, come on. Dan hates history. Around the world with the cab keeper. The crypt keeper's brother has a magic cab that can drive anywhere in the world for the right fare. The original peaches show America what life is like all over the planet. No need to thank us. The check is in the mail, and by reading this letter, you are contractually obligated to make five seasons of 16 episodes. Please submit blueprints for each of your rooms <laughs> and await by the helipad for extraction. Helipad? <laughs> is that where the Gila monsters live? CBS, <laughs> a.k.a. So withheld. So my room's going to have just like one giant round bed. Yeah? Yeah, because round beds are sexier than normal beds. Yeah, because you like to be dizzy when you're having sex. I'm not saying it's moving around in a circle. We've already talked, we talked about, about this. this. I'm just saying round. Because the, only, because the sexiest shape is round. And pillows should fall off all the time. <laughs> hey, look, guys. Real beds have curves, okay? <laughs> I mean, all this talk of beds and pillows is just <laughs> live with Uh-oh. it. This is the first time I've ever seen a real-life person do the cartoon <laughs> thing where you're so tired, your body just floats in the air into a bed, and then the sheets roll up to tuck you in, and the moon blows you a kiss. <laughs> well, the moon and I have had a thing for a while, Elliot. Whoa, I didn't realize that. Yeah, He has a body sometimes when he plays the piano at McDonald's. <laughs> As Mac tonight. <laughs> so, Dan, you and that Mac tonight, Jay right? <laughs> it, was Jay, it was Jay Leno no, Jay Leno creepy was, reflective paint. Jay Leno was Doritos Jumpin' Jack Cheese. Oh. <laughs> Which is why, as a kid, I thought his name was Jack Cheese. <laughs> yeah, I imagine I jumping was just something that he did. Just enjoyed, you know, you know. I imagine that Jay Leno and Michael Shannon would be in a fight to see who would play <laughs> Mac tonight in the live action, the hardcore movie, hardcore porn movie. <laughs> <laughs> Jay Leno would be like, look, didn't you see me in Collision Course with Pat Morita? Yeah, yeah. And Michael Shannon would be like, didn't you see me in My Son, My Son, What Have You Done? And Jay Leno would be like, nobody saw that movie. Um, so, next uh, letter. So, with letters, Dan. Yeah. So, those all sound like great show ideas. Let's do it, CBS. Thanks. Welcome home. So, then this next one goes. I'll start dusting off an Emmy spot or Golden Globe. What do you earn for being on a TV show? Uh, money. money. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not just statues? <laughs> no, well, the statues are fine, but the money's better. Dear Elliot and only Elliot and absolutely anyone else who reads this email will be struck by a gypsy curse. Okay. Apparently the gypsy sleepier. curse was to make sleep. <laughs> Tired. Presuming I can get a gypsy to place a curse at a reasonable rate. They're called Romani. <laughs> if I recall... Yeah, give them a button or some kind of wampum or something. <laughs> oh, boy. That was maybe Ooh. the most racist thing that's ever been said on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but continue, Dan. Get us into more trouble. Uh, I apologize. If I recall correctly, on a previous episode of The Flophouse, you mentioned that Mystery Science Theater 3000 is one of your favorite shows, if not your very favorite show. Very true. Well, then, perhaps you'd be interested in knowing that I have a book coming out about that very show. Titled The Comic Galaxy of Mystery Science Theater 3000, 12 classic episodes and the movies they lampoon. It's a sort of critical analysis of the show, but also it has references to The Simpsons and The Tall Man and stuff. Feel free to check it out. I'd appreciate it immensely. Maybe even tell Dan and Stuart about it. I'd hate for them to be left out of this opportunity. Why it could even be mentioned on the podcast. Did Dan, did a spam Imagine bot send that. us a letter? <laughs> and what about a great deal on sunglasses? Dick pills? Would you like those? 
What else can I get you? I was recently mugged in Wales, and I need you to send me money right now. I'm a Nigerian prince. <laughs> My name is jo- uh, Jonah. Getting Jonah? His mugged in whale. a whale. I get it, yeah. Oh. Um, Keep up, Dan. Come on. <laughs> These are the jokes, Dan. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> continue reading, please. Uh, anyone less interested in the book can be can find it on the internet by searching for the Comic Galaxy of Mystery Science Theater Three Thousand by Chris Morgan. Again, that's the Comic <laughs> Galaxy Dan, of Mystery Science Theater Three Thousand by Chris Morgan. Chris last name withheld. Wait a minute. I thought it would be nice to do a little something that for, is nice for a fan. Now we're going to read that book. Don't expect be it, everyone else. So offensive. One you star pay on for Amazon. Your advertisements. How did that? Did this guy pay? He didn't, well, he paid by writing his letter before I demanded money for okay. for these things. He got it okay. just under the wire. Yeah. So this it's last letter, called a grandfather clause, is uh, yeah. You can't fool me. There's no grandfather clause. <laughs> My grandfather's got terrifying claws. Ah! His name's Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> grandpa, Grandpa, show me your claws. Yeah, yeah, snick, snick. Okay, whatever. This Grandpa's gonna take a nap. Comedy routine. <laughs> <laughs> the two, it's the a, two thousand year old. Growing Wolverine. up as a kid on Matapore is tough. <laughs> <laughs> Even when your grandpa's Patch. <laughs> Call me Patch. What's up, Call me Dog show? Logan or whatever. What? All the characters I could talk about. <laughs> it's Stewart's one man show about growing up as Wolverine's grandson. With the, what are they? The hand ninjas always bugging you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, ninjas are always bugging you. I'll never forget when Jubilee <laughs> took my virginity. <laughs> that's that's one of the scenes. Um, there were fireworks that night, I'll tell you. So, this last letter is from uh, L. Kennedy, <laughs> who you whom you may remember as our romance novel uh, author. Oh yeah. Fan. So <laughs> L. Kennedy writes. She wrote that book about Jubilee and the uh, yeah. and the young teen boy. Mm-hmm. And I the billionaire dinosaur. Summer of '92. <laughs> And the, yeah, and the billionaire baby dinosaur. Um, feel free not to read this note on the podcast because it's actually kind of pointless. Well, I felt free <laughs> to ignore that. But I had to share this with you. So I totally used one of Elliot's silly descriptions for abs to describe the hero of my latest book. Oh, this might be Stu's, actually. But yeah, yeah. Heroin remarks that he's shredded like lettuce. That's Stu's, yeah. That's a Stuart Shredded phrase. like a Ninja Turtle is Elliot's. <laughs> and my editor comes back with, nobody would say something that weird. <laughs> As a joke, I changed it to shredded like a ninja turtle. <laughs> at which point she says, and I quote, that's a lot better. <laughs> you, you guys need to describe a dude's your, body. Your uh, editor's insane. <laughs> yeah. And yet she didn't go for cum gutters, your usual sure. phrase. You guys need to describe a dude's body in a bunch of new ways for future podcasts because I'll be taking notes. Keep on flopping in the free world. What about like all knobbly down there for abs? <laughs> um, yeah. Like, uh, like, sm- like like smog's belly, like half a mile or rough road. <laughs> <laughs> about cobblestone abs. <laughs> um, smog's belly'd be appropriate if you consider the belly button as being the missing chink in the armor that yeah. Black Arrow finds. The one jewel that's not there. That jewel, testicle, jewel, the singer. <laughs> his testicles were craggly, like the cracked. Mud of a desert. No, that that? doesn't work. How about this? How about this? Uh, (laughs) His scrotum hung there like Krang clinging for dear life to the edge of a cliff. How about that? 
The scrotum hung there like a bat playing upside down from it, the bottom of his taint. His Donovan's brain pouch was immaculate. As romance novels are primi- primarily concerned with describing the scrotum, right? I think so, yeah. The most romantic part of a man's body. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I just know that there's that one... That famous one, Scrote Learning. What? Instead of Rote Learning. Oh. Anyway, Scrote Memorization, that's what she would called. Yep, so let's... Um... So anyway, other things for abs, we'll work on it. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. His abs were like the pebbles in the bottom of a fish tank. His, his abs were bumpy, like abs. <laughs> his abs resembled nothing more than a b- bunch of sexy abs. <laughs> his wiener looked great. <laughs> Like a giant combo. <laughs> oh, oh. Like a pizza flavor? Yeah, of course. Well, we leave it up to the reader's imagination as yeah. to what kind of combo it is. It's the reader, whatever their favorite combo. Yeah, right. whether it's pizza, That's cheese, what makes it romantic. pepperoni. Is the woman can fill in that information herself. Yeah, yeah, because the most erotic place is the mind. So <laughs> harnessing, you know, in my day. That's you, the largest had, erogenous zone, Elliot. <laughs> in my day, we had to use our imagination to decide what combo a man's penis was. It wasn't just fed to us like TV does. <laughs> On the shadow, when they described a man's penis as looking like a combo, we had to fill in the details. <laughs> and fill in the details of what a combo was. It hadn't been invented yet. <laughs> <laughs> was it made out of a pretzel casing? Or some kind of a, I don't know, cracker roll? <laughs> Back then, combos only had one thing. There wasn't any combination. <laughs> Because of the war, <laughs> cheese filling was desperately needed to beat Tojo and Hitler. <laughs> All the pretzels were rationed. And we liked it, Van Dagnabbit. So, oh, okay. that's, a, that's the history <laughs> of erotica. Gummy worms were made out of tin. <laughs> and nerds' candies were made of real nerds. Because of the war. <laughs> Neco casing, ne- neco wafers made of the same thing they always have been made out of, dust. <laughs> <laughs> and we renamed Swedish fish Freedom Fish. <laughs> so anyway, um, now is the point in the podcast where we recommend movies that we liked and didn't sleep through. <laughs> is that Elliot. possible? Are there, are there such films? You just so. got back from Austin, guys. What do you guys watch on the plane? We, the plane really didn't have... No, it was, a, it was an old plane that did not... It played a movie, but... You, everyone had to watch the same movie I on a tiny screen above you. I won't say what terrible, um, what terrible uh, airline it was, but it was Delta. <laughs> Great! Now they're never going to sponsor us. <laughs> I mean, while I was in Austin, I did see Birdman, but that's not the movie I'm going to recommend tonight. Oh wow, Burn! It was Man? all right. What? <laughs> right, more like Burn Man. That's what. Which I, I guess would be what Firestarter? Yeah. Or right. the Human Torch? Uh, is there a movie called uh, The Human Torch? There will be. Okay. Firestarter. Burn Little Lady or Three Burns and a Little Lady. Mr. Burns. Just continue. Lady. <laughs> you know, I'll just. Dan seems to be uh, finally going into his post nap fugue state. <laughs> so I'll talk. The movie I'm going to recommend is a movie called The Woman Chaser, starring Patrick Warburton. Uh, it's from 1999. It's a movie I've wanted to see since it came out and yet only <clears> got to this year because it just wasn't readily available for a long time. But then uh, the AV Club tipped me off that it, through the form of an article 
that it was available on Netflix streaming, and I had just kind of finally got to watch this movie I've been wanting to see for a long time. And it is a uh, movie set in the 50s, uh, and Patrick Warburton plays a really tough but good used car dealer who is tired of his life selling used cars and finds himself in a rut, so he decides to enter the film business through his stepfather, who is a former film director. And uh, he makes a movie that he finds to be perfect, but the studio wants him to to, uh, change it, and so he basically goes mad. And he plays this... He's this weird, uncompromising character who's a real dick to everybody, but it's Patrick Warburton, so there's this kind of level of charm and likability to him. And it, it feels at times like he's kind of testing out for eventually playing Brock Sampson on mm-hmm. uh, Venture Brothers. The movie itself is uh, is an interesting one. It's got a lot of like wannabe Coen Brothers, wannabe Tarantino stuff about it. Uh, there's some stuff that it does that the man who wasn't there would do better a few years later. But uh, I like it a lot. It's it's this you know tight little ninety minute weirdo kind of comedy, kind of noir movie. Uh, and Patrick Warburton's really good in it. So uh, the woman chaser on Netflix is playing at your computer. Rated? Uh, R, I R, guess? probably. Yeah, I don't know. Sw- swearing in it. Uh, I want to recommend two movies. I'll two try and do movies. it fast, even though I'm sleepy. One's a movie trailer. <laughs> no, I, uh, they're both available on Netflix streaming. I watched Short Term 12, which is a movie about kids who have had... Uh, who are in, you know, sort of like, like they've been taken from their family or in dangerous situations, family at home, and placed in short-term care. And So is it like Short Circuit 2? Yeah, it's exactly like Short Circuit 2. There's, um, they play old songs on a keypad. How are the, and, how are the locos represented? <laughs> <laughs> Does um, anyone kick balls into outer space? There's a point... <laughs> This point where uh, Fisher Stevens goes, it takes a tough man to make a Tinder chicken. Yeah, the yeah. Locos gang rhyme uh, took me a little while, but it was very important to me to master it when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah, do you break it out right now? I don't know. Uh, those Locos kick your wait. Those Locos kick your ass. Those Locos kick your face. Those the Locos, locos kick, kick your balls, balls into out. outer space. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, anyway, short term twelve. Uh, it's a it's a it's a little film. Uh, it stars Brie Larson. It's only two inches high. Who uh, I had seen in uh, less than like roles that would not normally be standout roles uh, in uh, Twenty One Jump Street and a small role in the worst season of Community. But she always impressed me in those. And she's this Scott is, Pilgrim too, right? Uh, yes, but this is like she's a star. She's without question the star of the film and is tremendous in it the movie at its best is a very like sort of sensitive realistic portrait uh at its worst it gets a little plotty and unrealistic Hmm. and the stuff that's too much pilates well the stuff that's really good kind of throws the stuff that's a little false into greater relief but overall i liked it a lot and i also want to recommend phase four a lot of movies with numbers in the titles. The, the only movie that uh, Saul Bass directed, uh, famous oh, I've been designer to see that. Saul Bass, who you know from things like, say, the North by Northwest credit sequence. Or the or, Psycho credit sequence. Yeah, or the or Anatomy like, of a Murder credit sequence. Yeah, so many credits. Or sequences. claiming credit for the Psycho shower sequence that he yeah. didn't direct. Or uh, people on the internet 
reimagining things as if they're saw bass things. You may know it from that. Yeah, I mean, I don't wouldn't really give him credit for those. Well, he's influential. He could be a person on the internet, but um, so it's lawnmower man. <laughs> <laughs> Saul Bass, aka the lawnmower man, has it's, been terrorizing the internet with his credit sequences. <laughs> it's it's a movie about uh, there's this sort of disturbance from outer space that gets all of the ants uh, on the earth talking to one another. Like and my Aunt Wendy and my Aunt Carol? Ants, ants, insects. Because they're on different sides of my family. They don't really talk to each other. But um, the ants have become smart, and they start working together, and they start <clears throat> working together against humanity. And a couple of scientists are trying to figure out a way to you know, stop them, communicate with them, whatever they can do. Um, and it's a very interesting movie because it's like they take this sort of absurd premise, you know, like the ants are going to kill us and they treat it as seriously, I think, as such a premise could be treated. Like it's, mm. it's, it's this weird combination of sort of like hard science fiction and dreamy like 1970s uh, like semi-surrealism and like Saul Bass's design um, eye is beautiful and it uses a lot of footage close-up footage of real ants in a way that doesn't look like nature photography it, it looks like it was somehow they taught these ants to act they got some like, acting ants yeah like it really tells the story visually yeah. through these ants and it's pretty amazing so phase like four. in uh, like in a bug's life yeah exactly like in a bug's life yeah, <laughs> yeah. perfect then kevin spacey plays hopper <laughs> <laughs> Dennis Hopper? Yeah, it's it's the Dennis Hopper story, but it's told all through ants. So it's my turn to recommend a movie. So I'm going to recommend a movie that uh, might still be in theaters, or you might have to wait a little while for to catch it. It's called It Happened One Night. Catch it on the I'm not sure whether it's still in theaters, but you can check it out. It's a, it's a movie called Jonathan Wick, uh, starring hey, don't Keanu. Jonathan Wick, Nikki. <laughs> it's uh, starring Keanu Reeves. You might Wicker know Man. him from The Matrixes. Oh, The Matrixes. Um, or, or The First of the Speeds. Yep, mm-hmm. The First of the Speeds. So uh, it this year, 2014, people, has been a great year for action movies. You have your Raids 2, you have your The Guests, you have your Live, Dies, Repeat, etc., well, John Wick continues that tradition. <laughs> with, Thanks for your book report. <laughs> John Wick is with a land a hard of hitting, contrasts. <laughs> with a, Webster's Dictionary defines John Wick as, as a total a badass. <laughs> and something that's in a candle. Uh, this is a hard hitting... Mark, Mark Twain once said, don't let John Wick get in the way of your education. <laughs> I believe this is true. John Wick, Keanu Reeves, yeah. Is, so this is like a Taken type movie. Kinda. It's a it's a it's a straightforward revenge story about a former super badass who left the life behind after performing the impossible job. Mm. But he comes back to the life to after his uh, spoiler the alert. Impossible job. After an opening to Wick with a John played by Keanu. After an opening monologue to er, Stewart. With his movie recommendations. After an opening montage where we find out, uh, see Keanu Reeves mourning the loss of his wife, she, uh, his dead wife uh, gives him a final parting gift of a, of a very cute puppy, which gets murdered by the guy who plays Thane Greyjoy from, uh, from the Game of Thrones show, I think. 
Uh, his name is Reek. <laughs> Whatevs. <laughs> Uh, and then he goes on a totes awesome revenge spree. Now, the thing about this movie is it's directed by a former stuntman, I think, or a fight choreographer. So the action scenes are all very readable. Um, it manages to be very fun, and they are smart enough to surround Keanu Reeves, who is kind of a boring dude, with very fun and exciting uh, side characters, including uh, Ian McShane, Lance Reddick from The Wire, Willem Dafoe, etc. So when you said Willem Dafoe, I thought you said Lil Dafoe for a second, like Lil, <laughs> Lil Wayne, Dafoe. Lil Daniel Dafoe, <laughs> uh, writer Lil Robinson Crusoe, and Lil Moth Landers. <laughs> so run, don't walk to your movie theater because it's probably not going to be there very long. But it's great; it's fun. How many wicks do you give it? I'd give it five wicks. Hmm, it's good out of two hundred. <laughs> oh, that's Whoa. not very good at all. But 200 wicks is a terrible score to have. Oh, oh. so the fewer wicks you have, the Six better. Six wicks is the best. <laughs> what? <laughs> this score is crazy bonkers. <laughs> this system is. You got to see the movie. That's all I'm saying. No spoilers. <laughs> Fans of the movie will get it. Um, so now what do we do, Dan? Now. Do we talk I about letters we like? to sleep. So I what like movie are we talking letter. about tonight, no, Dan? No, no, no. I'm caught in a time loop. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, God, I'll never get to bed. So RoboCop is taking the words no. cop or police officer and Robert. <laughs> yeah, it's Robert's O-Cop. All right, come on, guys. He's in a, he's oh, Actually, that's the joke we did on, on The Daily Show when the star of RoboCop was a guest, was that the movie was called Rob O'Cop. Oh. It's about an Irish policeman. The um. audience loved it, Stuart. Yeah. <laughs> So, so anyway, it's called Robe Cop. It's about a cop who's depressed and he doesn't get out of his robe and get dressed for his job, but he's still cracking crimes and solving slimes. Is he? <laughs> That's slime, Cat harf. Throwing creeps in jail, but not reading his mail. <laughs> Does that make him a bad, bad boy on the edge that doesn't read his mail? Yeah. A bad boy on the edge. He's still throwing the book at him, but the book is a book of photos of his ex-wife. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he's so depressed. He got divorced. You got, you want, is, is that like a, from a vanity Stewart's publisher? System. <laughs> it's a vanity publisher, yeah. Um, he's still kicking ass and attending mass because like he's Catholic. Most, it's the most terrifying book you'll ever read. Pictures of my ex-wife. <laughs> Boom. Um, so anyway, we'll learn what other things that this cop likes to do that rhymes. But for now, we should sign off. I've been Dan McCoy. I've been Stuart Wellington. He's still shutting down creeps and making beeps <laughs> when he pushes <laughs> buttons know, that make a beep sound. And I'm Elliot Kalen. <laughs> Good night, everyone. There's a pox upon your house, Dan. House McCoy, that is. The house of flops. Flop house. Hey, everybody. So, flop house time. Flop this house is the time. loudest. I'm gonna talk. This is the quietest I'm gonna talk. <laughs> I mean, that was more high pitched than quiet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, whenever you're ready, Dan. Well, we can just tuck you back in. Been ready. Yep, let's put you a little sleeping cap on them. Been ready since first call. <laughs> just put you to sleep in your little matchbox bed inside your mouse hole house. <laughs>